Welcome to the Two Stewards Show. Real quick, before we jump into this episode, uh, I'd like to apologize for my raspy voice. I think I may have pneumonia. Hopefully it's not contagious. Anyways, as debilitating as it is, I don't think it's nearly as bad as all the pneumonia the government is printing. Although we can't say for sure that this freshly printed monia is the cause of every problem we face, it certainly makes things more difficult for the average citizen and has far-reaching impact on many aspects of our lives. In this episode, Mark and I explore some of these aspects. How does fiat money or unsound money impact politics, education, food? Also, how might time preference and incentive structures really shape our world? We'll leave it up to you to decide if we are completely divorced from reality. Send us your feedback by emailing the show at hello at twostewards.ca. And if somehow you make it to the end of this episode, you will hear us postulating about how all these things might be improved. But for now, let's get on to the show. Welcome back to the Two Stewards Show. I'm Mark here with Brent. Hello, everybody. And uh, we're still talking about money. <laughs> it seems like we never get tired of talking about that. But we've been talking about um, the money system, corrupt money. What would a world look like maybe with perfect money if such a thing existed? I'm mostly listening, so I'm not necessarily talking all the time. But <laughs> no, you're going to talk well, this time, Brent. I don't know. I had a sore throat for the last little while, and I feel like I've been a little bit unwell lately. I called my doctor, and then he's like, uh, I don't know, he heard me on the phone, and he's like, okay, so, yeah, do you know your temperature is? I'm like, no. He's like, do you have any symptoms? I'm like, yeah, sore throat, whatever. He's like, you need a puffer. I'm like, okay, I'm going to give you a prescription for a puffer. You're going to go pick it up. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, you've been talking to me for two minutes on the phone, and now I need to go get some prescription thing. And <laughs> Wow. Maybe he's a really good doctor. Yeah, so I don't know. He's very... Uh, yeah, it wasn't even FaceTime. You didn't even see me, so maybe that's because your phone is always, you know, camera on. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I w- made the mistake in the hockey change room the other day. Like uh, <laughs> after the after the hockey game, I was like, "Is pneumonia contagious?" <laughs> and everyone's like, "Whoa!" <laughs> like I don't think it is. But anyway, so that's why my voice is a little bit uh, raspier. So your diagnosis is pneumonia. Yeah, I don't know your doctor's diagnosis. I don't even know what is lim- pneumonia. Like, is that it's, good for you? Uh, no. It's not good for you, no. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. But um, maybe just a refresher for people because... Uh, on we, your we lungs? Or? Well, no. Oh, I need okay. a refresher. I need a puffer. Let's do a puffer on the, the podcast here. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> uh, where we were, kind of what we're going through, and then... Uh, we interrupted our series with this current event episode last yes, time because right. you had this really uh, good Twitter feed update, and you were like, I got to talk about this. <laughs> so um, we kind of talked about how uh, we talked about some of the properties of money. Money is a tool that people use to store the value of their time and labor, right? Yep. Um, I think that's a good kind of summary of what money is. And then, um, so it, it tool the story or value of your time and labor, and then also translate that or communicate that amongst people, right? So that yeah. that could be done, you know, in your local neighborhood, community, whatever. Also globally, right? Internationally between countries. So um, if we want money to actually 
achieve that purpose. So effectively store your value and communicate it. Mm-hmm. Um, then it has to be all of these different properties that we talked about last time, right? Durable, divisible, recognizable, portable, scarce. Yeah. Uh, we went through those in a lot of detail. So if you haven't listened to that, maybe go back and you can um, bore yourself to death. <clears throat> I mean, get really excited and learn a lot about all the different properties of money. Yeah. But one that I kind of want to just touch on quickly as a refresher for people is scarcity. Yeah. Because the biggest or one of the really important uh, properties of money is that um, it's uh, scarce. It has limited supply or it's difficult to produce at least, right? Um, and we saw that because we walked through a bunch of uh, examples and we kind of started with the historic monies, different um, objects or artifacts that other civilizations used in the past um, to store their wealth and communicate it or translate it to people. Yeah. Um, and we saw also... And I think you gave a lot of good examples of this. Uh, what happens when new technology is introduced into those civilizations, right? And um, and that affects the supply of the money, right? You can yeah. dilute the supply and what that does to the society. And then we also jumped into monetary metals. So like gold and silver, um, how those actually, they are expensive and costly to produce because you actually have to mine them out of the earth yeah. and um, and expend real energy and time. So that's very costly. And as a result, um, they're really, uh, the monetary system is basically rooted in nature, right? Um, and uh, for society, there's real-world consequences if no gold is found, right? So if a miner goes out and actually spends time and energy and all this to get gold or silver out of the ground and he doesn't find anything, well, you know, he's going to have wasted time, wasted energy. Um, maybe he's going to go bankrupt or he has a massive opportunity cost, right? He missed out on something else he could be doing. Um, Well, you see it all the time in the world of gold miners, right? If you're looking at, like, if you invest in penny stocks and, uh, like, a lot of these gold stocks, um, this happens all the time, right? And and there's a lot of shenanigans, too. Like prospecting. They're trying to find... Yeah, and you'll have, like, yeah, so you have the little company that does the prospecting and they think they find something. There's no way they can develop it, right? But they're trying to hype it up to sell it to... Right, if they get really good samples, then they're going to sell that to a a bigger company who can actually produce. And the value of that goes way up. Yeah, and like, and the reason for you know shows like um, on TV, I don't know what they're called, Gold Rush or yeah, um, all the shows about guys like finding gold up in the Yukon and stuff. Right, I'm completely unfamiliar with them, but Uh, well, they're I can imagine typical. quasi-reality shows, right? <laughs> Nonsense. But um, the point is, it's like what you described that happens, right? There's such, there's excitement and people invest money and sometimes they win and sometimes they lose. Yeah. And more often than not, <coughs> they lose. you lose, Yeah. right? So as long, if you're well capitalized, that's fine. But um, yeah, it takes a lot of time and energy. Like we're kind of just giving like an abstract, <laughs> like this, you know, um, if, if you don't, you know, here's the consequences, you know, you lose time and money. But, yeah. like, when you actually look into it, like, there's, you know, there's, there's I don't know. It's kind of it's exciting, right? You get, the, like, the prospectors out there yeah. and, and um, find, you know, finding value. And if there is, it's, it's I think that's thing. the point, right? Like, they can't, <clears throat> uh, in gold miners, but also in these historic um, civilizations as well, whatever monies they use, it weren't, wasn't gold. Maybe it was beads or salt or shells or whatever. The whole point was that they couldn't just create it, right? It was always this effort that had to be done and expended, and then all of a sudden, 
you get a result and that result was hey you didn't find any gold or hey you got some gold okay it was worth it now um but what we we talked about as well was fiat dollars like the, the money we have now that's not necessarily linked to gold those can be printed into existence with negligible cost right so there's no actual real world consequence to producing more money or consequence there is consequence actually <laughs> there's no real world cost right yeah, there's no effort. um so they're not difficult to produce so um yeah nobody's going out into the bush and like taking samples and like yeah. i found some fiat yeah and you're like good for you i printed some too <laughs> um but essentially what's happening with fiat is that we're kind of getting unhinged from reality in that sense right yeah so in the gold mining example, you're very much linked to reality, right? You go out physically into the world, you go onto a plot of land, you have to secure that land, and then you have to mine and like or prospect to see what's there. You have to test those samples, and then you have to whatever, right? There's a whole procedure for that. And uh, yeah, it, it's a risk, right? Whereas fiat is like, what button should I push and how many decimal places? It's like, um, so yeah, we're kind of divorced from reality, right? Yeah. And... <laughs> Um, and with fiat, like the issuer of fiat, the guy who actually produces it, he's tr- basically trying to um, decree value into existence, right? He's saying like, okay, um, like with gold, you're trying to make value come into existence too, but you have to expend energy to get it. But with fiat, it's kind of like, let there be money. And well, and you don't have to have any expertise. <clears throat> no. Really, right? If you get elected, you become the, and I can't think of any... <clears throat> possible real world examples where someone with no real life experience of the world and how things work um you know would be elected and then recklessly spend money i i just i can't think of any examples but i'm sure they're out there yeah um (laughs) (laughs) now we're getting into another uh, rare metal iron the irony (laughs) it's not true oh man but anyways point is if you're going to produce gold, there's a whole irony, bunch of different... Is, that, is irony hard to produce? <laughs> no. Okay. In, in today's circumstances... It's, it's plentiful. Yeah. It's, it's not plentiful. a good money. Yeah, no. You don't want to store it's, your uh, wealth in irony. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but like you, we briefly talked about it. There's all these We're different steps. We're actually transferring value to our listeners through irony. Oh, okay. Go. Interesting. Around the world. Maybe we can... Uh, <laughs> can we mint it somehow? Make some money off of this? Um but no, you you have all these different specializations in gold mining, right? Like we talked about, the, you have the prospectors, you have the uh, the geologists, you have the producers, yeah. you have the you know people transporting it, refining it, all this stuff. There's many years of training and expertise and blood, sweat, and tears that goes into this to produce something of value. Yeah, um, and it can't just happen like that. Whereas on the other side with fiat, you don't need you don't need like you just need to get elected, and you could argue like okay, if it's a central banker, well, they need to have a degree in economics or or whatever, yeah. right? And yeah, okay, fine, sure, but yeah. um, I mean, look at the state of the world now. Did was that all that education really that helpful? <laughs> but I will say, and so one thing we haven't really done, which maybe we should do at some point, is just get into modern monetary theory. Oh. And do an episode on that, and That's well, a actually, yeah, it's more than a tangent. No, but actually, like the, the yeah. roots of MMT, yeah, and because this is how our system 
kind of works now. Yeah. It's not like a true, uh, true MMT. Yeah. There, there's, um, it's been co-opted a little bit, but the, the, theory, the idea with the theory is very influential. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's yeah, absolutely. And, and the theory is like, so we're talking about scarcity yeah. and our listeners should know that there are people who say like, <coughs> no, that's absolute bunk, right? There's, Good money does not have to be scarce. Yeah. And like, like here's the proof we're do we're doing this. Yeah. And if we go, if we use this system properly, the proof is um, the proof. Yeah, and if the proof is the proof, then you have the proof. <laughs> One of the great philosophers of our time, yeah. um, <laughs> Jean Chrétien. Um, but they and they make I don't know on the on the face value, and it was a compelling argument, right? Yeah. The fact that our money is divorced from reality, that we don't have a gold standard. Yeah is proof that we actually don't need the gold standard. We don't need it to be based on anything. That's what they say? Yeah. Yeah. And therefore, we can print money. And as long as you just kind of keep the ratios and you can make the payments on the debt, um, like, it's fi- like yeah, who cares? Well, you from never a, need to get rid of the debt. From a Christian perspective, like, that's taking a pretty uh, bold... They're taking a pretty bold statement, right? You're basically yeah. saying, look, I can produce value by my words or by my speech. Yes. Right? Which is... Um, only something God can do, to be honest. Like God creates by um, his word, the power of his word, right? Yeah. And he can create, right? Make something from nothing. But with with uh, with human beings, we're limited in that. Like nobody can just say something and then there it exists in its value, right? Um, so with fiat money, it's it's almost like man's attempt to try to create something from nothing, right? Yeah, it's it's a completely. It, it appears as if you are creating something from nothing. Yeah, but it's more just a vain attempt to. Yeah, that you're creating nothing from nothing. Yeah, you're creating a mess from nothing. <laughs> that we can do. Um, uh, no, but it, it is a humanist philosophy, absolutely. Yeah. Right? It's the idea that there is absolute truth. We've talked about this before. Yeah. I feel like I've got maybe halfway through my introduction, so this is good. Perfect. Yeah. We'll make it into a, a series. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> no, but just the idea of of absolute truth, right? Yeah. We've we've talked about that's kind of at the window. Yeah. So we make our own truth, and this I think that MMT absolutely fits into this narrative perfectly. We make our own truth. We don't need a money system tied to anything physical. Yeah. There doesn't actually need to be truth. The truth is what we say it is. And if we declare that there, we need more money yeah. in order to make the system work, and as long as you know GDP increases and um, you know you monitor your interest rates, and like there is one divergence from MMT in that when uh, interest rates go up, you're supposed to not print money, and that's absolutely not Oops. what has happened. Yeah, yeah. oops, <laughs> oopsie. Um, <laughs> You know, but other than that, we've uh, all the major central banks and economists have been <coughs> adherents to to modern monetary theory. And um, I just want to say there there is actually an alternative uh, school of thought out there. Yeah, like they're wrong and it's dumb, but you know it's out there. <laughs> and I mean, but a lot of very educated people. Yeah. Um, like I think you got, uh, and I don't know why, Brent, but yeah. you have Mark Carney's. Uh, that was a book that was book given there. given to me. Okay. No, I put it at the back. You so should you have gave it right to you the can't garbage. Can't see it anymore. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, former Bank of Canada, Bank of England governor Mark Carney, potentially the new uh, federal liberal leader, if you believe the scuttlebutt. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
But anyways, there's there's a lot of you know so-called smart people out there who espouse this philosophy. Yeah. So um, we'll have to destroy that in a upcoming episode. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, okay. So I was going through my intro. Sorry, Brent. Carry on. And um, <clears throat> so if people think that they can decree value into existence um, with uh, fiat money, like there's kind of two problems with that, or two problems that I think come just two uh, arise. Well. Two that I thought of because oh, okay. I'm only half as smart as you. So, uh, first of all, who gets the power to decree this value into existence? Right. Well, I shouldn't say it's value, but it's more money, right? Like currency, De- decree yep. things, money into existence. So that's that's one question, right? Like, how do we assign this uh, power to? Like, who gets the power? Um, and there's an interesting quote from uh, Murray Rothbard. He's an economist. And he says, inflation is legal counterfeiting, and counterfeiting is illegal. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the second thing is who actually receives the new money, right? So who can, who can make it, who has the power to make it, then mm-hmm. who actually receives it? Right. And that has a big uh, impact too, right? Because whoever receives it can uh, benefit quite uh, largely from that, right? And we've talked about that when we talked about inflation. Um, you can go back and listen to that too. Um, how those who receive the money first can actually benefit. Well, and I mean, okay, sorry to interrupt your thing again. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but real estate, right? Yeah. That's that's one of the key reasons for real estate is um, you are right next to the money printer. Yeah. So you actually can receive some of this newly created money. Yeah. Not saying it's like that's great but that's our system carry on Brent. <laughs> well and then um so the way that works obviously is you get if you receive the money first you can um you can spend it on goods and services in the economy before everyone else gets the new money and before the uh, prices rise right mm-hmm. so you actually benefit um, from the new money more than someone else when it trickles down through the and the prices are rising yeah because of this process yeah so yeah. it's self-fulfilling yeah it's self-fulfilling and then you always have to rely on more money being printed so um, that inflation dilutes the value of sabers it actually rewards the accumulation of debt and this is kind of where we want to go with this episode a little bit too is um, talk about some of the incentives or um, yeah structures that are kind of built into uh, this this fiat money system and um, ultimately what this does is it rewards unsound behavior bad behavior right or at least it doesn't punish the bad behavior yeah right because like we said there's no consequences to um, you know producing the money uh, consequences there's no cost to produce the money yeah right so you're kind of unhinged from reality in that sense and um, you're rewarding bad behavior on the other side so it's it's this really bad incentive structure that's kind of set up. So um, we're divorced from reality. And when you think about gold, like nature, or you think about nature in general, right? like nature rewards us only when our toil is successful. Like you can't go out into a field and, and, and reap crops that you didn't sow, right? You have to actually follow nature's process. You have to actually do the work in order to get the benefit from it, right? Um, I think you can think about relationships too, right? Like if you're just always trying to reap or take or yeah. harvest or get out of some some relationship that you have without actually giving, right? 
how is that going to go? That's going to decline pretty quick, right? And there's going to be a lot of consequences to your actions. Um, similarly, markets, so like economic markets, they'll reward people um, only when they produce things with, um, that other people subjectively value, right? So if somebody um, tries to produce something that they think is valuable, but they put it on the market and nobody else values it, you know, do you think they're going to have a booming company or <laughs> they're going to go out of business, right? So they're going to get they're going to get the the feedback um, from the marketplace really quickly, and it's going to be a harsh reality, right? It's going to be a wake up call. Either they're going to have to change their business strategy or um, their ideas, or they're going to have to go out of business and find something else to do, right? And maybe work for someone else who actually is providing the market with value that uh, others value. Um, but yeah, like we said, fiat money you. You reap where you do not sow. Um, and then you could just kind of think about that because we want to talk about some of the um, societal impacts kind of as examples of this um, as we wrap up this series. Um, so what, like think about what happens when the consequences to your actions uh, are not immediate, but they're delayed, right? So if, if you do something and you don't have immediate feedback, but you get you get feedback in 20 years or 50 years. Yeah. Right. Say, Oh, that decision I made back when I was, you know, young, young, young person. And now, Oh, okay. Right. Usually what happens when your consequences are delayed and the longer they're delayed, the less relevant they are to you until things really, you know, hit you in the face and <laughs> yeah. it's a big wake up call it's or like, uh, it's like eating McDonald's. I'm dealing with the, con- I'm dealing with the He's consequences. He's belly. <laughs> <laughs> of, uh, of eating McDonald's for Well, you can also years. think, too, what happens when your action, like the consequences to your actions can be covered over easily, right? Yeah. Or offset easily. So, I don't know, I'm trying to think of an example of this, but... Um, well, like, it, I, I, I joke about it, but diet is one of those things, yeah. right? You can just have a bad diet for a yeah. long time, and it slowly creeps up on you, and, like, you get used well, to it. Well, an example of, like, covering over it easily would be maybe you have a bad diet, and you have some health challenges as a result, but you can take a drug yes. or some sort of medication that will like short-term improve, right? So maybe the cost to do that, well, in this country is free because it's going to be financed by fiat. But More or less, yeah. Yeah, but um, let's say the cost to doing that is you really don't have to change your diet. You don't have to cook food. You don't have to grow food. You don't have to study food. You don't have to do any of that. You just open this bottle and you take one of these, and now... The consequences to your actions of eating unhealthy, for example, are mitigated by or offset by this cheap, low-cost thing, right? So that attitude is what's in people's heads. Yeah. So this is a pet peeve of mine, right? For uh, I know you're, you're you're partway through. I don't have any pets. Brent. Oh, actually, we have uh, <laughs> we have a fish. Yeah, peeves make great pets, though. They're always with you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, but uh, like doctors. <coughs> And I'll use myself as an example. You're a doctor? No. No. Right. Okay. <laughs> no. Um, I was going to say, you look more like Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> no, but as a, exactly what you're talking about, yeah. right? So I, I'm still, you know, jolly. Yeah. But I'm less jolly than I was, right? And I realized, like, I got to lose some weight. Right. And, uh, and I've got a new doctor now who's a little more direct. Uh, but, like, my old one never really said like you should lose some weight 
when it right. was clear that I should have. Right. Right. And have like asthma and, and different problems. Right. Nobody ever said like, dude, just lose some weight and yeah. a lot of the stuff will go away. Yeah. Right. And because, yeah. Like they you, would, would they ever ask you, okay, what are you eating? How are you exercising? What no, are you not sleeping? Even, what are you No, eating? not. No. Like everything <laughs> seemed to point towards like, okay, you've got this issue. Here's a medication. Yeah. Right. And I resisted that because I knew like that it's not. No, you can't just you take the medication then you feel worse because it does other stuff to you. Like there's an yeah. answer. You're right? almost trying to find the easiest solution possible that quickly fixes the problem. Yeah. Or quickly covers over Co- the problem without actually over. fixing what's causing so the problem. People like this who are on so much medication when you're like. Uh, like maybe I'll hurt some feelings out there. I don't know, <laughs> but like we are such a fat people. Yeah, man. Right. Mark. Look at pictures of the seventies. Yeah. Before we had all the high fructose corn syrup and, and seed oils and yeah. all this stuff. Right. Um, well, that's an example of see, the food that we want to talk about. As yeah, well. yeah. Yeah. As a, yeah. But you like so it's not and I can't say it's you know Here's entirely Mark. our fault, but it's it's what we eat. Calling everyone that. fat. <laughs> Uh, dude, I'm, it's it's just it's oh, so man. true. Um, well, and like Europeans who come over yeah. here, right? They're, They're just like, like, what is going on? Yeah, yeah okay. you know, people are so fat. Just go to Walmart in the states. I'm telling you, yeah, it's ten times worse than here. But no, it's it's an example of what you're talking about. Nobody yeah. is willing, right? Because you have all this body positivity stuff and like yeah. let's celebrate. Like, no, yeah. it's unhealthy. Yeah. Right. And like, I'm not saying you're a bad person or whatever. And I'm, I'm in that <laughs> camp. Yeah. I'm in the fat camp. Okay. <laughs> um, but I realize it's not healthy. Yeah. And, and like, why can't, you know, but it's this whole idea of, you know, absolute truth. Like, no, my truth, I'm happy because yeah. I love eating pizza yeah. and McDonald's. So I'm don't, beautiful the way I am. Yeah. Or, it's like, or I'm, yeah. Yeah. Um, but this whole idea that there there is truth, there are problems, and that if you there are consequences, right? Yeah. Um, in in Genesis, you oh I forgot about my mic. Um, this is a book of the Bible for book. people who aren't familiar. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, so in right in Genesis after the fall, so after Adam and Eve yeah. fell into sin. And uh, God said, like, by the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread. Um, and yeah, maybe a little bit earlier, right? Uh, Cursed is the ground because of you, and pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. Um, so thought- this idea that we are consigned to labor, and yeah. if we want to eat, we got to sweat. Yeah. We got to work. You yeah. got to do something. Expend and, energy. Yeah. There's a cost to what you, yeah. But as you said, with... When you can print money, we're kind of divorced from that yeah. reality, and nobody. Well, we aren't really actually divorced from it. I think that's a good thing to point out, right? That is still like the Genesis passage you read is still the truth. Yes, right. It's just that we've attempted with fiat. We've taken this power, this kind of like uh, divine power. We try to take that into our hands and produce value from nothing and ignore this, right? Yeah. So what we're actually doing is we're kind of subverting the truth or we're not but it, but yeah, the consequences not, are still totally, there right yeah, you're right <clears throat> so that's uh that like, you can definitely see that that's going to like like the truth always comes to light right yeah. eventually it will be like you know what we actually do 
have to work <laughs> to produce value. <laughs> yeah. right? We can't just say it exists and here you go. Um, and yeah, we have to, I don't know, look at our, we just talked about immigration and stuff, right? <laughs> but you can't just import gajillions of people into a country and expect that to fix things. No, yeah. we actually got to look at the fundamentals and do some stuff. And you know yeah. what? Maybe if we, we had more babies, babies <laughs> yeah. um, right? Well, That's this is part of, Mark. part of fiat thinking and fiat families yeah. or whatever, right? But the whole, I see it so often online. <laughs> Maybe I should be online less. Yeah, you should. But where people you should talk be working about... out, man, and like, <laughs> yeah. maybe you should be a farmer and make quality food, and then interesting, eat yeah, it. Maybe I should. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> no, but where people talk about like it's just not possible to to have a big family yeah. or just to have kids or whatever because here's all the prerequisites. And well, thankfully, there are people that. who are saying like, no, that's bunk. You can, yeah, you don't need to have all your ducks in a row yeah. before you start having kids. Like, it's just, and a lot of people actually... Although duck does taste pretty good. Uh, it could be greasy. It's got to be done well. <laughs> okay. But I've seen also seen rejoinders from wealthy, successful people yeah. who are like, no, you know what? Having kids is forced me to get my butt in gear. Yeah. And I've made, every child that I've had, I've actually made more money. Yeah. Um, each successive time. So there's something to be said for, you know, responsibility. Yeah. Uh, there. But yeah, the immigration crisis, like this... I don't know. This is maybe naive, not not uh, um, rooted in like it. W maybe it wouldn't work or whatever. But like, let's just have more kids. Yeah. Right. We're on one hand, we're saying like <coughs> the earth is too uh, populated. Right. Yeah. Let's, let's get rid of traditional families. Right. This this whole push. Right. Yeah. And and um, children and stuff. But then on the other hand, like, oh no, we have, we need more people yeah. for the economy in this country. Well, like, figure it out, man. Have yeah. more kids. We Be fruitful to, and yeah. multiply. <laughs> That's a creation ordinance, and yeah. uh, that'll never go away. Well, my wife and I were talking about this a little bit, just reflecting on. Okay, we have three kids now, and we live in a. You, you know, only have a, three kids. A, th a thousand square feet. <laughs> yeah, only. <laughs> um, I'd be in a trad chat. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but um, just, yeah, reflecting on kind of the living accommodations that we're living in and what our our parents or, like, previous generations would do uh, versus other areas in the world, right? If, if you have uh, three kids in some areas of the world, like, you're not living in 1,000 square feet, right? That's unheard yeah, of. Or if you are, you're living there with a lot of other people, right? So, yeah, it's kind of a good thing to reflect on, too, just are you content and can you live like what is the meaning of life i think we have that kind of in our head that we need to have like a big space in our own house and all this right and like i think it's uh it's good to zoom out and reflect on okay be content with where you have and serve right and that's a call of christian to um, yeah to be content and then also serve other people with what you have right you've been given this let's serve other people <coughs> mark's yeah. getting chilly it's probably because of Cold, your uh, uh, Probably Maybe I got pneumonia from diet. Here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have extra insulation. I shouldn't be cold. <laughs> um, uh, no, see, there's always unintended consequences that you're not aware of. It's probably because you're printing money or something. <laughs> In my basement. Yeah. Um, no, but you talk about kids too, right? What is that? What are we doing to our kids? Because I've had the same conversation with my wife, right? Yeah. Especially when we have like. I don't know, one sick kid 
climbs into bed with us. Okay, fine. You three, that's okay. Yeah. Um, then the you know the dog jumps on the bed, and then like another kid comes into the room, like oh, I'm this or that, and can I sleep in your bed? I'm like, no, get out of here, <laughs> right? Because um, but in some countries, that's their. Uh... Well, but we have the idea that you know if you have a kid. This kid must have their own bedroom yeah. with its uh, appropriate set of with toys. With a massage chair. And like <laughs> exactly, yeah. right? Yeah, a little sauna. Yeah, all this stuff. And uh, like... Tennis court. You know, uh, so on one hand, you can say, like, you're just, you're beating yourself up unnecessarily. You don't need all this space for these kids and all the toys and all of that. But what are you doing to the kids? You're setting this expectation for them now yeah. that they have to have things a certain way. Yeah. And they could never have any hardship in their life. And this has <laughs> like been a big topic in our house lately, yeah. right? Like, no, guys, a little bit of hardship. Like, hardship. This isn't even hardship yeah. that you have to share toys yeah. or or like <laughs> whatever thing. I mean, they're like they're young, right? Yeah. Nine and under. So I'm um, not beating them up too much, but just trying to get them to understand that uh, they have it so much better than many places. Yeah. And that a little bit of hardship, like it's good for you. It's good for you folks. All right, Mark, no more sweets. uh, And uh, all right. So halfway through the intro here. Okay. Um, So think about what happens when the consequences to your actions are not immediate, but delayed. Right. We talked about that and they, uh, they can be covered over easily or offset at no cost. Also think about what happens when the consequences to your actions aren't felt by you, but they're felt by others. Right. And that's kind of like the monetary example where if you're printing money and someone else or someone gets it, like one group gets it before the other people, yeah, they're kind of benefiting and the other people are suffering. Right. So a lot of the times, like the people who are making the problem happen, aren't feeling the consequences of it. It's passed on to everybody or it's um, passed on to people who, hold their money in uh, savings accounts, right? Yeah. So they're getting diluted, whereas the people who might uh, be printing the money own assets and they're not feeling the pain, right? But if that's a that maybe the monetary example, but like think about that in other um, areas of your life, right? If you make a decision, but you don't feel the consequences, mm-hmm. someone else does, and you might not know about it directly or it might come to light later. Um, yeah, there, there's no feedback to you hey, you should stop this action and it's having consequences over here. Like you're, you're really, you know, hurting these people. Um, maybe, maybe you are aware of it, but you don't care too, right? It's not affecting my life. It's just yeah. affecting them. And, and we, we talked about the immigration with the universities too, right? If you think about them, they're getting lots of money. Yeah. They don't care if the students are not necessarily care. Maybe some of them care, but like to them, the fact that the students have to find living accommodations and are on the street, that's their problem, right? Like yeah. they make lots of money. So, right. Those, that's an example, right? Where the consequences of the actions are put on other people. And that's kind of what is incentivized by having unsound money. And that's, um, that's kind of scary. Well, I mean, I think it already exists in our <laughs> culture. We've talked about this separation from truth as an ideal. Yeah. Um, so we can't blame it all on no unsound money. Yeah, you wouldn't say but like it, it's a reinforcement. Money. Yeah. Um, it reinforces it. Yeah. Right. It. it it's like a reinforcer <laughs> or a reinforcing thing. What's a good word for that? <laughs> <laughs> a feedback loop. Um, 
I'm not sure. <laughs> For some reason, I'm thinking of tra the Transformers, the robots. Yeah. They're like an alternative reinforcers. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll it's a, important to note that it's not, everything is not the fault of fiat money. No. Right? Everything is the fault of... Um, the government? No. No, I mean... Sin. Sin. Yeah. Rejecting God, rejecting truth. And how that works out in various ways, but yeah. ha the 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 money system we have is is only making things worse, yeah, and can lead to new uh, to new problems <coughs> as well. So, I blame uh, your pneumonia <laughs> on fiat money. <laughs> oh, my fiat lungs! Don't worry, suffering is good for you. Yeah. Right? Okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Maybe we, we give some examples, right? Because we said we we're going to get to this, but um, fiat politics. So how how might the um, the uh, we say fiat? That's really just let there be, right? But yeah. um, how might the unsound money that we currently operate on impact politics, and not just the money, but also like these attitudes that you're saying, like the values that have been changed. Um, obviously, sin is at the core of it, but um, if incentive structure is set up such that um, there are no immediate consequences to your actions, they can be felt by other people, I can um, produce value at no cost or at least attempt to, um, what does that do to politics? And that's kind of a scary thing too because politics is the, like it's a governing the people, right? And you have, um, you have a lot of power when you're in politics. So like maybe you can ask the question, well, who's getting attracted to politics yeah. I mean it's always been a, a position of power so you're always attracting people who might be interested in power but if you have the power to create money out of nothing that almost becomes a magnet <laughs> for certain type of people yeah I mean I think it leads to an increase in, in statism right the idea of the state as this uh, this entity that is a thing unto itself, as opposed to we have a grouping of people who live in a, a, a land, yeah. and maybe there's a common bond because there's a king or there's some ruler, yeah. or there's some sort of common interest. Um, but the emphasis is on those people, and they got to take care of themselves, yeah. and they will band together for certain things, as opposed to the state as an all-encompassing um, organism that affects every like we have now essentially affects every aspect of our lives yeah. and regulates every aspect of yeah. your life and that becomes a self-reinforcing thing as well right we've seen the rise of bureaucracy i've seen yeah some charts that have looked at um bureaucracy in um since 1971 are they figure. interesting charts or I, like I think so, probably ninety-five yeah. percent of the population wouldn't. Right. Um, but like in the medical uh, field, for example, right, the absolute rise of bureaucracy since nineteen seventy-one. So we don't have more healthcare workers. We have the administration and the bureaucracy around. The yeah, industry. yeah. Because we we think of you know the politicians are the ones in power. Um, really, the bureaucracy that those are are the halls of power. Because politicians come and go, and they can make decisions, and they can do things, but that bureaucracy stays forever. And that person working in public works or, or whatever, right, might have a forty-year career. Yeah, they make they hold the keys. Yeah, quite often, and our bureaucracy is like massively, massively bloated. Um, 
Well, it's interesting because it dovetails with what we said last episode about immigration, right? Where we had the 446 or whatever thousand new people who were hired into the government roles. Yes. <laughs> like, well, it was 11% growth in, in the government uh, sector for jobs and then uh, three in the private sector. And yeah, that just contributes to the, um, uh, to the bureaucracy. But <clears throat> to go along with that too, if government's in control of the money, they're they're, they're kind of set up to, they're incentivized to spend, right? Yeah. Um, and they're also incentivized to get into debt, right? Because bigger debt under a fiat money system is rewarded, right? If you have debt, you can buy assets, right? So you, you benefit from increased uh, money printing. So in a sense, like the government just is continuously spending. Yeah. And they have to continuously spend, like we talked about before, too, about um, servicing the debt. Yeah. Um, but they're also kind of rewarded for that behavior, right? Um, and that that's something that ignores future consequences as well, right? If you're spending, like, where does that actually come from, right? Yeah. Like, who is creating Ooh, wealth? Yeah, where? <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, and the other thing is they voted in based on... They're spending promises too, right? You'd be pretty unpopular politician if you said we're going to cut or if we're going to not spend or we're going to yes. yeah, spend on the wrong work. things. But if you say we're going to spend very much on very many things, um, yeah, you have a better chance. So, yeah, I mean, it's in that sense, it's like this big circular kind of wheel too, the self fulfilling yeah. feedback and it loop reinforcing. really matter. <clears throat> You know, whether you like if you look at the U.S. as an example, because it's just it's polarized. You got Republicans and Democrats. <coughs> yeah. Essentially. Right. Does it matter who's in power? As far as. No, not really. With m- the, the system money goes, that works. No. Right. Because, um, you know, Repu- Republicans will tend to cut taxes and spend and Democrats will tend to in very broad generalizations, um, increase taxes and spend. The common theme there is they're all spending. Yeah. Spend, 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 spend. Yeah. Uh, un, un, uh, sustainably. Yeah. They do it's it. almost like they're ignoring any long-term pain and they're trying yeah. to s- uh, increase short-term pleasure. And that, like, that's scripturally in the Bible. Like, that talks, like the Bible talks about, um, you know, seeking pleasure and how destructive that is, right? Yeah. Our human hearts are just wired to seek pleasure. And... Almost when you put that that natural tendency or that uh, sinful tendency of our hearts on a government level, and like, okay, now seek pleasure on behalf of the nation, and here's an unlimited money printer. Do you think they're gonna try and put that at bay and uh, you know stop the money printer, and then um, you know choose long term pain instead or long term yeah. long long term benefits? Yeah, uh, usually not, right? Well, you you mentioned it last time about. Um once you sort of create a special interest group, it's really hard to get rid of it, right? So yeah. you, the you, the government, gives money to a group of people who have a special interest. Well, that group will never go away now because they're yeah. dependent on that money. They're going to lobby for that money. And if you make the decision to cut funding to that group, you're going to be very unpopular. Yeah. And uh, so we have like a million <laughs> special interest groups. Well, okay. I have in my notes here, we're supposed to talk about the positive side of things. <laughs> positive <laughs> schmozative. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I also don't have anything below that. <laughs> so, 
maybe we could talk about the next thing on our list. Oh, man. <laughs> um, it is, well, I mean, yeah, a lot of this is just by virtue of what we're talking about. It's kind of negative because yeah. we can see the negative effects of, of the the system that we're in. Yeah. And um, finan- like when it comes to finances, that one, that's when people notice. Right. So I was, uh, again, uh, talking about this the other day with my wife. And, you know, we, we talk about, um, I try not to be too political, but our, our current government, right? There's been, yeah. like, it's just facts that there's been <clears throat> does a your lot wife, of corruption. Does your wife actually listen to you at this point? or um, It helps her get to sleep. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, like, corruption scandals, for example, there have been a bunch. Yeah. People just don't care. Yeah. The majority, they don't care when it comes to finances being wasted or stuff like that. It's yeah, like whatever, or just outright like theft or whatever. But um, it's and, almost and we've like, seen that in polling numbers. It hasn't yeah. these things like eh, whatever. Yeah, people don't care. What people care about, and this is reflected in the polling numbers now for the current government, uh, is when it affects them financially. When right. they can see it, all of a sudden, all your other ideals kind of go out the window. Yeah. Because when you see homeless encampments all over, when maybe you've got to use the food bank. Yeah. Um, you can't afford a house. Yeah. Yeah. When it like really hits you, and it's like almost too late, guys. But that's when people care, and yeah. that's when they're, um, yeah. yeah it, that, it, it and, and that's why late. we're talking about it because we see all these negative cons. It's very plain it's for everyone to eyes. see now, yeah. not just us. Not talking theoretically about yeah. certain things, yeah. but everybody pain, can see pain it. Pain is information, right? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of information <laughs> yeah. out there. <laughs> you mean pain? Okay. Well, okay. Another example of um, <clears throat> of this is fiat education, oh. um, and. and uh, that could be maybe an episode in of itself, but we can chat about it quickly because um, that's another area where um, unsound money can have a big effect. And we have seen that too, ever since um, we've kind of abandoned sound money principles um, and we've centralized the power to print money in central banks and the government. Right. Um, You also have uh, consequences flowing to education sector and you're going to have, um, like one example would be loans to students, right? Yeah. So now students, um, and, and okay, with education, it's interesting because it sounds good, right? Like you don't want, you don't necessarily want to have an uneducated population. That sounds bad, right? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, not only is he in the fat club. <laughs> He's in the dumb club. Yeah. So it, it, uh, education is kind of one of these things that, it makes total sense to fund that, right? If we're going to fund something like maybe healthcare as well, right? If we're going to fund something with the free money that we have, why don't we do education? Cause like, we don't want people to be uh, uneducated, dumb, maybe dangerous even, right? Uh, we want them to contribute to society and the economy. So it's worth investing in, um, making quality education. You, um, you're saying this as the devil's advocate, right? Well, yeah, I'm kind of okay. saying like, that's, that's the thought and it's okay. easy to go along with it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's easy to go along with that thought, right? Because, um, yeah, it yeah. sounds good, right? <clears throat> but, um, but when you start looking at how the dynamics actually work, when you uh, take the power to print money and put it in the government's hands, 
And now all of a sudden they're giving loans to students and making it very easy for them to get money or cheap money to go and yeah. spend it on education. Well, does that increase the quality of the education or decrease the quality of the education? Does that mean maybe more people who wouldn't necessarily go to school are going to school and they're not, um, you know, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. And then the other, yeah, the other thing too is they're, and then the government can directly subsidize uh, by way of grants and research grants, mm -hmm. specific universities or colleges with specific programs for specific reasons. And you're kind of, you're taking out like the academic part of it that used to be um, what the universities were for. And you're putting it kind of in this government's hands, right? Say, yeah. well, where should we direct our brain power and our research um, for the next 10, 20, 30, 50 years, right? Well, and yeah, so there's a couple issues with this type of think, thinking. So, number one, the value of education. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not value. I mean, I will say it's if lots everyone of Everyone can go to school for no cost. Yeah. So, the, there <laughs> is the, the underlying idea that, a lot of, one idea anyways, that a lot of the problems in the world could be solved if everybody was more educated. And like educated in what way, in what culture, in what ideology. Right? Yeah, yeah. There's a clue right there. But if we just educated everybody more, we would have less, fewer problems. Yeah. We would have less problems. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bad grammar. It's a little, little joke there. Um, and, and like, the, it's not true, right? Our problem is sin. Yeah. And there's no amount of education that can save us yeah, or fix that. from that, right? Other than reading your Bible and educate yourself that way. <clears throat> but the idea, this, so this is part of, again, this humanist ideal that we just need to make sure, get everybody more educated and then things will be better. We can work towards a brighter future yeah. with more education, right? Like the, And eventually get to the utopia? Yeah. 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 We can, if, if we just educate everybody more. Right. And so like a, the, the origins are bad. B it's not true. Yeah. And, um, I mean, education, the education system now is, uh, like, I don't know, do we just need to completely abolish it and start over because it's so, again, so divorced from reality. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other part that's a divorce from reality is like if the vow, uh, uh, if the quality of the education is not there, yep. right. There's no consequence to that. Because people can go to school, like if it's a free market and money's hard and you go to school and you get an education at the school and you go out to get a job and you can't get a job, right? It's like, well, that looks bad on the university, but that's not what's happening, right? Now you, yeah, like the, the providers of education don't have to worry about the quality of the education. Yeah. They can just basically, you know, get the free money, educate and yep. then these people go out into the marketplace. <laughs> they can't, yeah, and they can't get jobs, but there's no... They can get jobs in government At industries. That, yeah. <laughs> well, in government-subsidized industries that promote this stuff. It's, like, it's just so divorced from reality. I don't even yeah, know how so, to say it. No, but you're right, right? The bureaucracy yeah. is self-feeding. Like, so, public schools can't go out of business. No. If you think about that. Well, and universities can't now either. No. Um, so you're producing a product, but you can never go out of business by producing a bad product, right? That seems kind of like, wait a minute. And especially when the product is educating children or even adults or whatever, right? Like, 
Well, so there was, I think it was Laurentian, maybe. One of these universities went under and uh, took a bunch of tuition money with it. So the government stepped in and said, we can't allow this to happen. Post-secondary educations are now exempt from the, um, like the Insolvency Act or whatever. So basically, post-secondary educations can't go bankrupt because they could before. And so there were some consequences, but now that's gone. Yeah. So that's one thing. <laughs> um, and, and Jordan Peterson has talked about the rise of the administration in post-secondary education specifically. Yeah. And what a blight that has been, right? So the uh, universities have used to be run essentially by the professors. And there was some admin that helped them do it. Yeah. But it's the other way around now. And it's the admin that runs universities. So, again, this massive um, bureaucratic class that has power, that calls the shots. And, uh, and we see the results. But they're account- universities- like that's because they're accountable to who, right? They're not accountable to the, the um, people they're educating. They're not accountable to their parents, no. right? They're not accountable to society. They're accountable to the, the source of funding. Yeah. And that source of funding is flawed because it's, uh, it's coming out of thin air. Yeah. Right? By well, I mean, some of it, like universities do get a lot of bequests and grants from <coughs> companies as well. I wonder, I wonder what that statistic is, if it's gone down or not. But Yeah. But, um, I mean, you, you just you see the result with this sort of DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion mindset um, <coughs> that has just destroyed the quality of education um, in, in North America anyways. And, uh, I mean, we were talking about, you know, some of the presidents of major universities who are absolutely unqualified, and the only reason they are there is because of, um, uh, because of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Certainly not because of any kind of merit. And, yeah. uh, you know, okay, that's a whole other, whole other episode. <laughs> but the point is, like, having a university degree now uh, it doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. Anybody can get one. Almost anybody, yeah. unless you're too favored on the, you know, in the intersectionality um, chart, uh, chart, right? Um, maybe you can't even get into into college or university now. But um, yeah, I would say it's it's almost meaningless, and I wouldn't yeah. send my kids to a university unless they were going specifically for something um, tangible, something in well, like the medical, like they want to be a doctor <coughs> or a nurse yeah. or uh, maybe a lawyer, or something where you, that's where you get that training. But other yeah. than that. Yeah. It's, uh, well, okay. I got this book here, The Fiat Standard. This is by Saifedina Moose. Uh, I think we've chatted with him or about him before. I'll have to have him on Safer the show. than a moose? Yeah. Safer than a moose. Saifedina a moose. Um, and he has this interesting example of the uh, education system in Egypt and how um, economic distortion caused by f- public financing of education um, is just making a mess of their system over there. So. He says, in Egypt, they have uh, an entire private education system that takes place in the afternoon. So you have a public system and a private system. Um, and the teachers, okay, so there's a private uh, education system that takes place in the afternoon where the teachers are paid a decent wage and the students pay a decent tuition fee, leading to uh, productive learning. A friend told me that in some cases, entrepreneurs would rent the public schools to host the classes, leading to the surreal situation of the same students and the same teacher meeting in the same classroom twice on the same day. In the morning, the government is paying and the teacher is getting negligible pay, and so no education happens. But in the afternoon, (laughs) in the privately organized school system, actual education takes place is that unreal wow that's unreal incredible (laughs) yeah like 
all right, folks, we're here, but uh, nothing's happening. And this <laughs> yeah. afternoon, we're going to learn stuff. Yeah, we're going to watch a movie this morning. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it could, it's a little talk about uh, private schooling versus public schooling as a breakdown of statistics of, um, like, in Washington, D.C., I guess. Um, the average pri- private school tuition is 23959 and the average... Uh, D.C. government school spends thirty-one thousand two hundred eighty per student. So Isn't the government's spending thirty-one grand, and the tuition cost is twenty-three grand. So, like, tuition's probably not just the cost. There's probably something else in there. Whatever. Well, that covers the whole running of the school. Yeah. Administration, janitors. Yeah. Like transportation. Facilities. If they do that. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, there's a lot to running a school for sure, but. Well, and again, it's bureaucracy. Yeah. That is exactly where the waste is. But, uh, Brent, we, uh, yeah, we are you done your intro off. by now? Yeah, we, we're almost done the intro, so next time. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so we've talked about the problems with our current system, a lot of doom and gloom, fiat money. Um, like, what do we do? Do we go back to the gold standard? We've talked a little bit about yeah, that, that too, right? Is that possible or is that uh, reasonable? We're in a digital age now. Yeah, I don't know. We need to explore the next uh, option, man. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, so yeah, gold could, you know, we, we've, we, again, we've talked about it and there's a lot of people that are gold bugs now and who say we should go back on some kind of gold standard or at the very least put your money in gold because this system is going to crash yeah. and burn and it's corrupt and they agree yeah. with us on most of these points. Uh, but we've talked about a few things out like it's just it's not practical yeah and you could do a gold-based uh, portable um, electronic currency or something but you're back to the whole central planning and trust of the central authority to hold that yeah. gold and not um, uh, not fractionally uh, reserve lend. bank it yeah. right? lend it out so um, I mean all that to say that we think there's an alternative out there. And this will not solve all the problems in the world because as we pointed out, the issues that we have in the world and fiat money are all symptoms of a bigger problem, right? Yeah. Like denial of the truth, the, the uh, pushing away from God and from what he has instituted for us. So not gonna solve everything, but there is, uh, there is an answer, at least to the, the financial system, right? And that answer is Bitcoin. We've mentioned it before. Yeah. Um, here and there in different podcasts, <coughs> we've talked about it. And I think we're going to spend some time going through what a system would look like in a Bitcoin world. And, and there's a lot of people out there who maybe have heard of Bitcoin and are like, what is this? Like, what is this <laughs> thing? I've heard of this. It's a scam. It's like, you know, there's nothing yeah. backing it. Um, I think at a this lot point, of, a lot of people are pretty much everyone has heard the word Bitcoin. Yeah. But uh, do they understand what it means or what it is or how much have they invested in studying it or figuring it out? I yeah. guess that's the other thing, right? Because, yeah, it is a scam, Mark. <laughs> Those cryptocurrencies I saw on the news, man. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot to be a lot to, to yeah. delve into, but maybe... Um, yeah, I think that'll be our next... Uh, next year? The whole year? <laughs> <laughs> At this be. rate, it might be... Uh, it could be. But, I mean, it's interesting. This is a realist... 
essentially kind of a real estate. Oh, uh, real mean, estate and money and economics. Yeah, from a Christian. We, we kind of started off real estate, but um, yeah, once you look behind the curtain and you look at the money system and how it works, and you like there's options. a very yeah, I mean there's a very real. I have a real worry, anyways, that yeah. the system's going to collapse at some point. Yeah. Right. And we've we've well, given okay. examples of how yeah. it's collapsed in other countries. You and I are both just average people trying to figure out what's going on, right? Yeah. I'm average, anyways, but um, I'm below average, right? Okay. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're yeah. So we're I'm trying to figure out what's going on, and we're trying to steward our wealth, right? And as Christians, yeah. we're looking at this, going, "Well, you've been blessed with so much, right? Mm-hmm. And no matter how much you have, it's still more than you deserve, yeah. right? And We're called to try and learn and figure out what is the best way to use what we've been given in this Mm -hmm. world, right? And to use it for good. And uh, and so that's what we're trying to figure out on this podcast and and study and hopefully add value to people. But um, moving forward into next year, uh, 2024, we want to definitely look at the concept of Bitcoin and what it is and what, um, yeah, does it offer anything that the other monies that we've talked about don't offer yeah um is it legit is it a hoax is it well is it number one is it ethical as christians yeah. can we use it yeah and if it is there's so <laughs> many angles spoiler here. alert we think that it is <laughs> <laughs> well so many angles to this topic that yeah we have to cover and we have to talk about we should even have guests on to talk about this <laughs> yes we have a number of guests lined up to okay. uh, that are smarter than us Ooh, this to is help be us, exciting. Uh, learn about this so yeah we're i'm excited <clears throat> i'm looking forward to it yeah, next year's going to be a good year. you are. Yeah. All right. So. Call all your friends. Tell them to listen to the <laughs> Call Tim both of them. Show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for being on this uh, journey with us uh, this year, folks. And um, until next time. Steward your wealth wisely. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Two Stewards Show. If you like my voice better, click subscribe. And if you like my voice better, click share. If you like both give us a five-star rating to interact with the show. Feel free to reach out at hello at two stewards.ca. We'll see you in the next episode. In the meantime, steward your wealth wisely. <laughs>